Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about technical SEO, how you can optimize your website to get traffic results, to avoid some technical errors uh, and many other things. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Nick Ranger. How are you? Hello. Hello, everyone. Um, thank you so much for having me, Antoine. It's great to be here. Nice, nice. I check out your profile. You have extended experience about this topic. Before we start, tell more about yourself, uh, background, experience. And uh, I'm interested more why you decided to pay attention with technical SEO. Because, you know, in most cases, I often see uh, men who pay attention with this topic. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's a big pleasure that uh, women can uh, do technical SEO as well. Can you tell more about experience and about this topic? Yeah, awesome. Um, so hi, everyone. My name is Nick Ranger. Um, I'm a senior technical SEO. Um, I am currently head of the SEO Collective, which is a nonprofit SEO and educational organization here in Australia. Um, like it's run by myself and a couple others because we we think that really good advice should come with a paywall. Um, and we just want to be there as, as a really, really good, solid um, educational resource. So we do monthly meetups and that. Um, I'm also the co- um, I'm a co-contributor of two books for Majestic um, mm -hmm. and uh, for Search Engine Journal. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, yeah, um, the brand ambassador for Rank Ranger um, and was with um, uh, Studio Hawk. Um, we were mm -hmm. the winner of the best, um, with, with Sam Rush, <laughs> the best agency <laughs> in Australia, APAC and the globe. Um, I, yeah, love it, love it. And you know, it's interesting that we have a sponsor Ahrefs today, <laughs> and you <laughs> mentioned two competitors, Majestic and Semrush. What do you think about Ahrefs? Do you like this tool? I think both of the tools are really good for whatever you, um, you know, for, for different reasons. Um, I personally mm. really, really love to use Ahrefs because, um, oh, my gosh, they've got so many great tools. Um, they've got a much more richer um, database for, for links, especially historical links, um, and I find them to be a lot more, uh, useful when it comes to site migrations, um, just for a bunch of different reasons. Um, one of them that comes to mind is their, um, you know, best, um, you know, best pages by by links, um, and you mm -hmm. can sort that by four or fours. And especially with a, with um, doing forensic work post migration, um, that tool is incredibly helpful. <laughs> nice, nice, love it, love it. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, technical optimization. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, I often see when uh, webmasters ask me, uh, please, uh, can you help me to fix uh, technical errors? I want to get a green line uh, with page speed insights. Do you think is it a good idea to pay attention with that? Because I often check out the top 10 results. I can see websites that have red line and they get traffic sales uh, a lot yeah. and they don't care a lot about that. And uh, uh, what do you think about... Um, um, chasing uh, this green line or we have other issues that we need to provide with technical optimization? Yeah. Well, I might talk a little bit more about the philosophy, like rather than just talking about technical SEO, because from my from my perspective, SEO is technical. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think I just advertise myself as a technical SEO because I think that sort of um, says really, really quickly and communicates really quickly 
that um, I'm not just here to look at like doing title tags, creating content, um, and doing backlinks. Um, the way that the way that I approach SEO is a little bit more holistically. Um, mm-hmm. If you can't crawl something, you might not be able to index that thing, and you certainly cannot rank. Um, and I think the the way that the way that we really need to see SEO needs to evolve. Um, I think traditionally, um, you know, people when they think of SEO, um, they thought of keyword research, title tags, meta descriptions, heading tags, creating blog content, backlink outreach, um, and even like you know through that, I think a lot of the um, the thoughts around just even how search engines work is they crawl the internet and find out all the pages and what they mean and um, you know how they should be ranked. Mm-hmm. That's old thinking. New thinking. New thinking is around strings, not things. Um, mm-hmm. And I stole that <laughs> strings, not things from Dixon Jones's amazing book, uh, Semantic mm-hmm. SEO. So an SEO's role is so much more rich and diverse. Um, and I've even got a, uh, I've even done a, a, a graphic on this, which um, I'm more than happy to tweet out later. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it really, really starts to encompass a, like a whole range of different roles. So it's really, really important that um, that's really well understood right at the, the get-go. But technical SEO is fundamental. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Uh, is it a good idea to uh, start fixing technical errors before creating uh content uh i mean for example if we uh, have some generic pages and uh, i found that when mm. we submit new ones i don't know uh, how these technical errors appeal but uh, after uh, creating new pages mm. we get a bunch of new technical errors can you find uh, uh, or uh, explain <laughs> how these technical errors uh, appeal and yeah. uh uh what do we need to do to create pages and then fix or uh we can fix uh all pages uh, all pages and create new ones what do you think about that yeah totally so you know even before we think about creating new pages if if you're not able if if bots aren't able to crawl they're certainly not an index and they're probably it doesn't matter how many new pages that you put on your site it probably won't even get um, picked up correctly and this is something that I've seen with a lot of sites, particularly larger ones that um, you know have a bunch of these technical issues. So, um, as a bit of a practical advice, you know, keep on top of your errors um, um, and just really understand like what's happening with um, your 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 crawlability on your site. So, I always say um, to start looking at Search Console. Um, mm-hmm. Google provides wonderful free tools um, and we should use and exploit them as much as we can. And Search Console is a wonderful way that we could be able to do that because that's really our first interface of interacting with Google. So start there. Now, there's so many different tools um, and functions within Search Console. You've got your performance tab, which can see you know, just how all of your URLs are kind of generally going. You've got mm-hmm. your coverage tab, which shows you know how much they've been able to call and how much they've been able to index and what's happening with errors at scale. So have a look in there first. And if there's any errors, I, I do think it's really, really important to start addressing those first. Um, then you've got your enhancements page and then you've got um, your call stats and a bunch of other different ones. But um, one thing that I really do encourage people to look at is actually the crawl stats. 
So that will mm -hmm. actually show you how much um, the, the bots are being able to crawl your site um, and by what percentage of response. Um, so, for example, um, I had a, a client that's, um, you know, had a pretty pretty bad migration. And so I will talk about migrations a lot because um, they are one of the riskiest things you can do in SEO where 84% of all the pages that Googlebot crawled was registered as a 404. Now, this is mm -hmm. a massive, massive e-commerce website that generates millions of dollars here in Australia. Um, and for them to realize that 84% of everything that Googlebot crawled was actually a 404 was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch. Um, so obviously they had a really bad migration. Um, so it was kind of like my job and, and my team's job to go through and forensically go through and find as much of these errors as possible. So um, what we did with that, um, we we used um, we used the API. So you know we were able to detect whether Google encountered server problems or crawling their site um, using the you know, the URL inspection API, which is um, a really, really nice new feature. Um, Search Console rolled out this in January of this year. So thank you very much. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, but um, you know, use, you know, use Analytics Edge or use SEO tools for Excel or um, use some way to be able to bring this in. Screaming Frog's also got a, a tremendous API as well, um, where you can kind of get an overview of all the pages that you have and even just check whether the, um, that they're, that, um, you know, they're on Google, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, we can yeah, check that's... the HTTP status. We can check those things, but, um, with, with specifically this URL inspection API, you can actually check whether it is or isn't on Google. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. a really, really great way, um, to be able to have a look at things in Ahrefs. You can be able to use, um, this tool to crawl and have a look at your site. Um, I also like to use Ahrefs in, con in conjunction with Screaming Frog, um, mm -hmm. and also do crawl comparisons in there as well. So you can kind of get a good sense of like, again, all of your pages, what is crawled and what isn't crawled. So again, I think what I'm trying to say from a technical perspective is um, be thorough about have a really, really good understanding of how the bot interacts with your site and how successful it is for, for search. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Well explained. Uh, okay, let's compare uh, existing tools. For example, if I check out backlinks, uh, I, I'm using HRS. Uh, I don't use Google Search Console because uh, I get more backlinks, uh, much better metrics that I need to consider. Uh, but, you know, uh, what about if we compare uh, Google Search Console uh, versus, I don't know, like Screaming Frog or HRS or SEMrush, Majestic, any other tools that provide uh, technical errors? Uh, where to start uh, from your uh, experience? Uh, it's better to fix errors that we have on Google Search Console or on Screaming Frog because uh, I often see when uh, the masses are trying to cover uh, both and uh, sometimes it's not a good idea because uh, uh, when you fix some errors, you can get uh, other errors on other tools. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, I think if you're you're doing fixes, but you're seeing um, accumulation of new errors. I mean, it's all very contextual, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like the way that the way that I try and approach, um, you know, technical SEO is that we really need to work together with the developer. Um, mm -hmm. Like often, developers are the, are the <laughs> you know, they're the mm -hmm. mechanics underneath the hood that you know have to go in and be able to fix it. And a lot of the times, um, and I think this is really important for people to know developers don't build things 
with an understanding of how it's going to play out for for search. Mm-hmm. And that's what the SEO's job is there to do. That's why, um, you know, whenever whenever I do meet with clients and things like that, um, I sort of start really telling them like what SEO is and how it changes, which is why I said like right from the get-go, SEO has evolved. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so we really need to be able to work with both the front end and the back end developer um, to really, really ensure that sites are actually visible for search engines. So mm-hmm. start with a priority list. Do a technical audit, which is kind of like, you know, find literally every everything that you can be able to find that, um, you know, in your search console, in your tools that you're looking at, or even just test the site out as though you're a user. Um, I think a lot of people do forget to just, you know, run through um, and, you know, go to checkout and see what that's like um, and say that it's part of the process because you really want to be able to replicate what the user's experience is on the site. Um, and that will just um, also just pick up a ton of different things all the way from, you know, just signals that we can, that tools can see um, to real, um, real critical errors that um, Search Console will be able to report all the way to usability errors, um, you know, that maybe UX or, um, you know, just better implementation um, all the way through to checkout. So, again, just really, really think about how a user would look, um, would use the site, um, how a search engine would um, go through the site um, and how the site has been built and things that you can be able to do. So really start with that priority list. Um, and communicate with the developers that, hey, we understand that you've got things in your sprints that are really, really important, um, but these are really, really important for these reasons. And I'm more than happy to sit with you and, you know, to go through this. I pulled out the developer documentation. I can see how this has been set up. Um, but let's let's have a conversation around that because this is actually the impact for the client and you want to meet your KPIs. And I want to reach my KPIs because overarchingly this is the client's KPIs. So let's all work mm-hmm. together and solve this. Love it. Love it. Okay. Let's talk about uh, priorities. Uh, when I check out uh, any website uh, on at any tools, I can find a bunch of errors. You know, it's not like uh, one, two errors, many errors, you know, technical errors. Uh, how to mm-hmm. choose priorities? Which errors we need to fix or must to fix? Which errors we can ignore? For example, you know, I remember when uh, one of my clients... Uh, uh, told me uh, it, it's hard for me to uh, fix all this uh, alt text for pages like about mm. us, contact. I, I replied to me, don't do it. Why, why you need to fix uh, alt text for pages where you're not going to get any traffic? You know, uh, pay attention to other priorities because you have like a thousand other pages, uh, important mm. pages. Uh, can you tell about priorities? Because when I see a uh, hundred errors, how to choose errors that I must to fix mm. to get uh, this search ranking positions, uh, traffic, and which I can ignore. Yeah, well, I think uh, it's it's a really hard one to sort of start going through um, without, you know, a set example. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. but, that being, but that being said, I, I think... Um, it's a hard one to answer because I, I get this question from, from junior SEOs and people mm-hmm. starting out in SEO all the time. Um, it's something that I don't think about as much because of, of just experience, just going through and knowing what moves the needle. Um, but if I were to give an example, um, if something is preventing, um, 
you know, search search engines from being able to access the site. So say, for example, you've got, um, you know, uh, server 500 errors um, and, you know, they're being populated in Search Console. Well, that's, you know, that's a pretty critical error that you really need to address um, because, you know, um, <laughs> you know, server 500 errors not only prevent people from using the website, um, but Google mm -hmm. has a tendency to index things that exist. Um, mm -hmm. And when it sees these errors, it basically says that, um, hey, for the amount of traffic that is going over this bridge, for example, um, there isn't the, the kind of load capacity for people to go across this bridge. So we're going to really, really limit the amount of people that can go across. Um, and of course, you know, when when Google is like, you know, doing Google Maps and, and things like that, is it going to prioritize something um, on this on the on the highway um, with this bridge? Or is it going to pick maybe a stronger bridge um, for that traffic to go down? So it's probably going to deprioritize your route <laughs> mm -hmm. if we use um, if we use sort of like a roadmap analogy. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I think that's a really really good one to to look at. Um, mm -hmm. I think um, if your site is also experiencing a lot of four fours, again it's it's all around quality. Um, you know, if to to whom to, you need to address the errors, is it at the author? Not really sure about that question, um, but I think. Uh, by, know, by the way, uh, can you clarify this question? No, uh, uh, thanks, Claire. Yeah, it's a great question because you know uh, I often get this question, and I I, I know uh, probably the answer, but uh, it's like uh, how to find uh, the right web developer who can fix these errors because you know I have uh, many clients. And many of mm -hmm. them have uh, the same problem. They can't find the developers who can fix these errors. Uh, and probably yeah. Claire want to know about that. Uh, yeah, from your experience, where to search for them and how to cooperate with them, find them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more about that. Oh, boy. Um, I actually would love to maybe even just tweet out um, this problem um, because here in Australia, I've worked with a lot of developers um, I'm just going to sip my, my coffee here for a moment. Oh, yeah. Early morning. He is hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, really, um, I really, really like, uh, I really like developers. Um, and I think that they are able to do in, um, uh, things that I'm unable to do. And, um, mm -hmm. so I always come into, uh, you know, a conversation with a developer with an open mind. Um, that being mm -hmm. said, I also have a lot of experience of not having successful interactions with developers. So I'm always really, really careful about, you know, approaching someone um, and not wanting to come across as like, hey, I know how to do your job, but better. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it needs to be a conducive relationship. Um, mm -hmm. So whatever I need to do to really, you know, really communicate that I'm on their side, um, I'm here to help them, that I want them to be here. I want them to continue working with this client. Um, but, you know, like I'm a really necessary part of the equation now. Um, and I need the client to know that. I need the developer to know that, whether that be in-house or agency. Um, but I really would love to, you know, know also out there, um, you know, really good developing, development agencies, maybe for more complex tasks, um, you know, when it comes to server-side rendering, when it comes to um, doing um, performance testing and things like that. Um, 
you know, just having more mm-hmm. names in the, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, personally, yeah, personally, I want to tell, uh, don't search for uh, best prices, you know, uh, uh, because good web developers, they know uh, their uh, real price. Uh, they can estimate yeah. their time. So they charge a lot more than uh, yeah. mediocre web developers. So if you want to uh, fix your website, it's better to cooperate with the best, you know, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I usually tell my clients it's better to uh, create less than, but quality, you know. <laughs> if you want to find someone who promises to fix everything for a cheap price, I'm not sure it's a good idea. Yeah, it's better to yeah. check out the rating yeah. reviews. And, you know, I, I have the question about uh, uh, immigration. For example, uh, if uh, someone want to change his domain name, and uh, or uh, I don't know or some URLs uh, on website. Can you tell uh, how to handle the process? Because uh, I often see when uh, new pages, uh, uh, when uh, these redirects are broken, uh, and uh, pages, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for example, when you check out manually, it works. You no, know, three hundred one redirect, we have it. But after some time. Uh, it disappears. I don't know why. Can you tell uh, how to uh, handle the process with immigration? Well, that's a big question. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I can sort of, you know, start to really go through it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I know that this has been recorded, so um, I'm going to go through this pretty, pretty much in depth. So Mm -hmm. when it it comes to site migration, like I said before, it is one of the most risk risky things you can do in seo because the the ramifications if it's done incorrectly um can be absolutely massive so right at the get-go the client really needs to understand that a good technical seo is an essential part of um, their team Mm -hmm. now with the site migration there are all different kinds of site migrations (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like you're saying there's changing urls merging contents um, website redesign um, architecture changes, even um, you know, domain changes, merging um, HTTP to HTTPS, uh, you know, changing the host, um, updating the platform, new CMS. You know, there's um, all kinds of different types of migrations. Um, when it's it's really important to start right from the basics, which is to communicate to the client what is your goals. Um, for the for not just you know the migration because obviously they'll say like re- retain everything, um, but mm-hmm. what they are for the business, because um, depending on this type of migration that you want to do, um, you really want to be able to 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 sort of see the flexibility in being able to fix at this point um, overarching maybe UX issues or um, technical issues that are happening at scale, whether it be you know the way that the <laughs> the pages are built out dynamically at scale um, mm-hmm. or you know, all, all kinds of other stuff. So, you know, have a really good idea of what the goals are and what the site, the current live site, their issues are. Now, I want you to really make sure that you map out who the, you know, the main project lead on the client um, side is because that's going to be really important. They're going to be the key driver for the client side. Um, who their um, main technical contact is, um, who the web developer is, that sometimes that is two separate people, um, who the con- um, the content content is, uh, so someone who, you know, writes a site or will, will be in charge of actually uploading the content onto the staging site. 
um, their design contact, um, and any anyone else that is, that is um, going to be a real key stakeholder in making key decisions in this migration. So that's really mm -hmm. Um, and then when you when you're wanting to communicate to them, say like right from the get go at the planning stage, before you've even thought about doing a migration, get a technical SEO on board because planning <laughs> is you know um, what is that like uh, like um, good planning prevents piss poor performance something like that, um, mm -hmm. but it's really important here. So you know um, going through you've understood what the client's goals are you know what the business's workflow who their target audience is if they have plans to change urls if they plan to change any of their titles meta descriptions if they want to get rid of or trim content or, um, if they want to add new pages or add new sections um, if there's any other technical considerations are they going to be building this out custom is it going to be aws is it going to be react um, and when are they planning to launch because all of those um, initial kinds of questions that you ask somebody is really, really start, starting to go and framework the rest of the project. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. um, really important from there on out to take everything with a grain of salt <laughs> because <laughs> plans will um, uh, will really start to, to go off the, the, the rails there. Um, so crawl, mm -hmm. your, crawl the life site, step one. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even matter if the migration doesn't even go ahead. If like I always think, um, with what I was saying before about having um, you know the Euro, the Euro inspection tool um, and your um, analytics edge or your SEO tools for Excel um, or you know however you've been able to do that schedule crawls and capture that um, capture that um, you know those those timesheets the you know, those CSVs in time where you're saying like, okay, um, before the launch in April 2020, we actually have a list of every single URL because you don't know if that's going to come um, in handy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> With some of my cases, absolutely. It's like the client is like, I want every single CSV because we've lost everything. Um, and, you know, thank God you did this right at the get-go. Um, mm -hmm. so crawl, 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 save, save, save. Um, yeah, you to do it. some really good bounce, you know, um, some set things that you need to be able to, to you know, make, just make sure that your search console is set up. Um, I like to make sure that all four variations as well as DNS are set up, um, just because you can be able to see historic things, be able to populate, um, and you know, if there's anything old, disavowments in there or whatever, mm -hmm. <laughs> um. You know, if, if they might have had, um, you know, HTTP um, or, you know, the non-secure version running live or the non-WW um, to their WW running live in conjunction with it, with it, with each other, it can really show you immediately, um, oh, yeah, um, we actually forgot to change that. Um, we forgot to redirect. We forgot to change that in the DNS. Um, and they've been running live for this amount of time. And this is actually all the data that says how much, what it's been, mm -hmm. um, you know, picked up for, by for by Google, um, and what it sort of sees about that, because it's a really, really important time to be able to to do that. Um, and historical context is so important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, um, you know, make sure that um, you know the right sitemaps are in in GSC. You know, set up your um, your analytics, or you know, or if it hasn't been set up, my gosh. Um, good luck. <laughs> um, but, you know, set up GA4, configure those tags in GTM. Um, mm -hmm. you know, 
make sure yeah, that it's all verified it. and all those other things. Um, sorry, I'm going very, very, very detailed here, but I'm very passionate about this this uh, topic. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I okay. just don't want people to do it incorrectly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if I understand, we need to uh, make a technical audit before immigration, after immigration. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we can do it uh, during immigration, you know, <laughs> yeah, three times. Yeah. And um, I think it's better to check out manually. Uh, I found that uh, we don't need to rely 100% tools. Uh, sometimes we need to check out manually uh, pages because uh, after yeah. immigration, uh, some pages can have technical errors that tools can see. So it's better to mm -hmm. provide some bug testing. And yeah, uh, and by the way, we have some tools uh, uh, on WordPress that can check out uh, if your redirects uh, are working well, you know. So yeah, just uh, add uh, this uh, uh, tools, uh, plugins, and yeah, you can analyze if everything is fine. Because uh, uh, from my experience, I never, uh, I don't remember exactly, but I think like uh, you can't lose something after immigration. 10%, uh, even the best immigration uh, can uh, add new errors. I don't know why. <laughs> so just uh, our goal is to minimize uh, technical errors with this migration, yeah. Okay, I have the question about um, uh, learning. You know, uh, I have uh, some people who wanna be an expert like you in the future. Can you tell uh, what to learn? Uh, because SEO is a quickly changing world. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. uh, new things are coming. Uh, for example, uh, I have no time to consume a tiny percent of all new content ideas. Yeah. For example, when I check out blog posts, a hundred new blog posts uh, are coming every single day. Uh, if I have <laughs> like 48 hours a day, I can cover like 5%. But I, I have only 24 hours a day and I need to sleep for four hours, you know, 20 hours. I can <laughs> work, but sometimes it's hard, you know, yeah, because I have some other things to do. So, uh, share your way of learning, you know, and uh, to cover like uh, most new ideas. Mm. Well, I think, um, I think it's really important to, you know, to know um, that there, it is impossible for any one person to know everything. Um, and especially in a consistently changing world of SEO, um, yeah. which I think is the most wonderful thing ever. Um, that's, <laughs> You know, consistent learning and consistent building of your understanding is always going to be a part of um, of your essential toolbox to being a good SEO. Mm -hmm. um, as far as like you know, learning and things like that, um, I didn't go to university <laughs> for for marketing <laughs> or business. Um, like my my degree is in engineering. It is completely separate, um, and I haven't really used it other than just you know a couple of fun things in Excel. <laughs> or just like. <laughs> Um, like one time I got to make like, um, distri distribution maps, um, mm -hmm. like with looking at page speed at, at scale. And even then, like, it was kind of like, you know, that's not really doing any math, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, um, I, th I think it will be really, uh, of good comfort for a lot of people to know that it isn't with, um, you know, a huge paywall. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's important to, you know, have your own side as well. Um, and just play around with it, you know, start to build on it. And um, I think a really, really great teacher is actually just approaching it in, um, in the most like, um, 
you know, wide-eyed, you know, kind of like um, with a kid at heart in mind of like, let's not build something, um, let's build something to rank it and to see it and to test it um, and to see what it does. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I've got a lot of really crappy websites out there that, um, <laughs> you know, I've built <laughs> things on and, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but I, th- I think, you know, that's, that's, that's great. Cause that's your testing ground and that can be able to, to teach you a lot of things um, and make mistakes mm-hmm. that you would be really scared to do that on a client's website. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I think, you know, um, find your community and community for me is so essential. Um, Cause I, like I said, you can't know everything. Um, and really, really keep caring um, about the outcome for the client um, because I think um, approaching it from an empathy th- first um, perspective as well as, you know, really feeding that hunger and that curiosity, um, if you really start from those places, then you're going to want to go the extra mile because you want to do the right thing by the client, not just for today but for tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. And by really wanting to continually learn and things like that, you'll consistently find, you know, so many, you know, new um, outer edges of your understanding that you can recognize and then see beyond and know how much more you've got to go. Um, I just want to take this time at the moment just to shout out um, Bill Solosky, um, mm-hmm. you know, rest in peace. Um, you know, he he was that SEO for me um, in, amongst like a, a couple of other names that, really highlighted to me just the rich, vast, um, wonderful, complex world that is SEO. Um, And it inspired so much um, creative thinking and um, exploration and deep diving, um, you know. (laughs) And I I, I looked looked at people like, you know, who are really trailblazing within SEO um, you know, sharing their expertise, using their time to be able to help people um, and just start to really illuminate that um, for everyone else. So I think finding community is absolutely essential just as much as it is to really continually to, to keep building upon that. Um, and, you know, um, Search Engine Journal, I think they've got a list of, you know, who to follow, which is really, really helpful. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm also lucky enough to make that list, which is really, really sweet and lovely. Um mm-hmm. I actually, I think I made my own top 140 people, which is kind of impossible because there's so many different facets to to this, um, you know, wonderful craft that we do. Um, but, you know, there's, there's some wonderful resources out there um, and find your own communities within, you, within um, you know, your own neighbourhoods. Like, so, you know, SEO Collective is ours here in Melbourne um, and it's free. You know, you can rock rock, um, rock up. We've got a Slack channel. Um, we just go out and help people. Aleda's got this wonderful Discord channel. Um, you know, Arij has, you know, got a wonderful um, catalogue of some really incredible, um, you know, technical SEOs that just happen to be women. Um, so, it, you know, there's so much really, really amazing resources out there. But, again, start with empathy, approach it with um, that curiosity and continue to feed that and continue just to really want to do um, the best for today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned about Bill uh, Slavsky. Yeah. And uh, uh, we scheduled a podcast uh, in, uh, on Friday and he passed on uh, Thursday. Yeah. Uh, 
so terrible. Yeah, he, he was a great man. We had uh, actually a podcast with him uh, one time. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's life. We can go ahead. Uh, I've learned, uh, yeah, yeah, I've learned a lot from him. Uh, and yeah, uh, love it that we have such expert specialists who can lead us in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about the future of SEO. Uh, what kind of future can you predict, forecast this future? Because, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I often get the question, SEO is dying, you know, uh, SEO is bad or, or something similar. Uh, do we need to consider SEO? Uh, and, you know, uh, I understand them. Because it's hard, really hard. For example, if you type any keyword on Google, uh, Google lists like a million results for a, even long tail keywords. And we need yeah. to compete with them. Only the top 10 results get traffic. Uh, and that's why I understand people who can give up early before uh, trying to get this position. So I think it depends on your strategy, benchmark, and mm. many other things to do. Uh, what kind of future can you predict an SEO? Do we need to uh, pay attention with that because it takes time to get results? or it's better to find other channels what do you think i love um you know this thing of seo is dead you know it actually reminds me of nietzsche um where you know he sort of runs out and says um god is dead and we have killed him um Mm -hmm. but the whole premise around that was not that god was actually dead it was just um he understood that society was shifting their their core root faith from um, from trusting in, you know, an entity into God, into something like science um, mm-hmm. and more evidence-based um, approaches. Um, and I don't mean to be polarizing, uh, just a comment on that. I just think about this when I, I hear that SEO is dead. SEO is not dead. It's just evolving. Um, and mm-hmm. I love this question about, you know, where the future is and where it's going because, you know, especially with, um, you know, we just mentioned Bill Swarovski and, me even saying that he was one of those people for me that really highlighted, you know, how much um, it is out there that I don't know that I need to continue to go through and to evolve and, uh, and to really move with, with, um, with these changes because his whole um, ethos was not only just there to help people, but to, to start to really see what is in the future by looking at patents that prolific Google engineers are producing right now for the future mm-hmm. and his incredible mind was able to read these patient patents and break it down for you know the you know the everyday person like myself mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but you know um you know in his in his absence i think we should really um you know think about the legacy that he stood for and carry it forward um i want to also point to another um you know, two other people that um, are, are really phenomenal that really comes to mind in this area. That's Jason Barnard, um, the brand surf guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I want to also point to Dixon Jones, um, who wrote an amazing book, um, Entity SEO. Um, and I'll also throw in um, Eli Schwartz as well with product-led SEO. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, from different things, like, you know, Eli being like very, very practical and on the ground sort of stuff, um, Dixon really explaining more of the theoretical you know, direction of SEO um, and Jason Barnard acting in between the two um, to really well, really show like, you know, how knowledge graphs and entities work, um, but from a very like on the ground kind of like, you know, this is my experience and this is, you know, how, um, you know, I can use myself as um, 
almost like a testing ground so you can kind of go along with his journey and his process of how he discovered how he changed and how he did this um which is always really really great to <laughs> you know have something concrete and meaty to walk into but the future of seo is around strings not things and again i've um taken that from <laughs> dixon's book um title um blurb but search engines how do they even work and why how does an seo you know think about this and how does it that how do they approach it you know traditionally um you know bots they crawl the internet and find out what all the pages mean or what they should be ranked for search um you know so if you were looking for like you know washing machine repair you look at the content on the page um, and, you know, SEOs would just add as much context around the washing machines as possible and build internal links to blogs and all that kind of other stuff. Um, and just be like, cool, it's crawling everything, so therefore it should understand everything and then it will just rank me, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's evolved much more since that. You know, since 2014, Google's moved away from Freebase to Wikidata, um, which is like a massive encyclopedia of, of topics, entities, Um you know, and that stores things in a similar way of, of that topic and, and all the ideas surrounding it. So now this is really um, Google's understanding of a, of a central point of truth now. It's not crawling and understanding everything. It's actually got its database of, of things that it says, this is what the world is and this is what the world is like. Now, how does everything that you crawl and find around that, how does it relate back to this? Um, so this is really Google's play at bringing the semantic web to its search engine which they've really strived to build upon and use a bracket of understanding of the web and the way that people find things. Now, mm -hmm. why am I bringing this up when I'm talking about the future of search? I think it's really, really important to really take that ethos and start to break it down. And maybe instead of focusing on your keywords, you know, the new goal is to really start to associate the, like your, um, your client's brand and the products or the services that it sells um, or, you know, provides and the rich content that it could that it could have around that, you know, to be the authority um, to, you know, really have that in-house expertise and to really earn that trust. Um, and I kind of like screwed up the order there, but I'm alluding mm -hmm. now to EAT. Mm -hmm. And EAT doesn't, is not just your YMYL sites, it's everything. It's absolutely everything. And Google has provided, um, um, you know, Webmaster guidelines, uh, sorry, not Webmaster, um, quality raters guidelines, um, mm -hmm. you know, and that's been leaked and it's been wonderful to be able to go through and read this 176-page PDF. Um, but it provides examples and it really gives a lot of detailed, um, you know, ways to be able to qualify what it, uh, what it communicates to all of us, which is quality. So think about it from, okay, we want this um, client now to be the authority in what they do. Um, you know, do they have the expertise? You know, are they providing, um, you know, the best user experience? Um, is that something that search engines and users will perceive as being trustworthy um, sources of information and service or products? Um, mm -hmm. And then from there on out, you know, how much of, of this is understood by search engines to be um, seen as this authority? Um, you know, how much does it understand about this? <laughs> is it even associating this with the right entities that they want to be perceived for? Um, and then taking it from there and then using um, these EAT signals to really start to break this down and qualify this. So 
um, in a nutshell, that's really where that where the future of SEO is going to go. And keywords, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're kind of like the canaries in the mine shaft. They say like, you know, whether whether something many many iterations after your after the technical like errors have you know resulted in bots have already seen and kind of like been like this is crap <laughs> um, <laughs> or you know the 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 page intent is co- completely incorrect you know they're really um the canaries in the mind shaft to say whether you know uh, of how it it is fluctuating on any given day mm-hmm. so they're kind of almost like I, I mean i'm gonna say it right now they're vanity metrics um keywords are vanity they don't like um you know they're, they're good like little litmus um in in the in the water but that's pretty much it um they're not an accurate reflection of um of things because maybe you've done a lot of work with your eat really building up this understanding but the algorithm update hasn't happened yet and they haven't been able to crawl and be able to see all that that really great work um and you haven't been rewarded yet and that's okay because like i said right from the get-go you want to apply things to clients' websites that are not just good for today, but for tomorrow. So if you start thinking about that, you start working towards these things and really starting to, um, you know, explain this to the client and bring them into the understanding that, hey, if we ride this wave early, um, this is going to be the best long-term solution for you. You know, we can really make sure that this is, I, I hate to say this word or phrase, sorry, future-proofing, but this can really start to look at making sure that you're going to be fine for for the future as well. Yeah, love it, love it. And, you know, you mentioned Jason Bannon. He was on my show, Bill Slavsky. Uh, And right now I have the conversation with Nick Ranger. Yeah, I'm so grateful (laughs) to get such speakers who can share so valuable insights. Oh, yeah. And uh, I have the last question Uh, about... uh, CMS. Can you tell, for example, I know that um, uh, many uh, SEOs love WordPress, but uh, for example, I uh, I had good uh, speakers who mentioned about other uh, CRM system, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, Wix, uh, Spotify. What do you think, uh, for example, if someone uh, wanna start from scratch, how to choose the right CRM and from uh, I know that all of them have advantages, disadvantages. We need to learn them. But uh, from SEO perspective, what do you think? Which CRM is better today? Um, well, CRMs more of like a customer relationship management, um, but like a CMS. I mean, I, I feel like um, you know what what is your business doing? You know, how do you want to be able to scale this business? Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I think the only reason why people are sort of, you know, maybe looking elsewhere from, you know, your traditional WordPresses um, is just because it's the it's got the largest database of mm-hmm. users and, you know, there's literally millions upon millions of sites um, and it's mm-hmm. open source. Um, WordPress was incredibly revolutionary at, at its time um, and it's done a really, really incredible job at, at maintaining um it's its presence in the market because of it being outsourced, um, sorry, open sourced. Um, mm-hmm. So that means anyone can go in, be able to create tools and be able to make sure that they're all there and updated. And with every single new iteration of WordPress, you know, they're really wanting to make sure that um, there are checks and balances in place. But in saying that, when whenever there's, you know, the big dog in the field, 
um, you know, there's going to be a t um, bunch of spammers and, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, malicious sites and bots and things like that, that are going to look to take, take down the, the big one. Um, because, you know, what's going to, you know, if you're an ambitious hacker, um, you know, how do you sort of measure your, your crafts by maybe how much you're able to hack? Um, I don't know. I'm not a hacker. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I just try and think about, you know, you know, what, what, um, what makes sense. So it's never like, like there are always things you can be able to do to be able to really make sure that security is at the, um, at the forefront. Um, you know, you can have, you make sure things are, you know, with an SSL certificate, you can make sure that you've got, um, some really, really good, um, protection tools out there. Um, you know, using Cloudflare, using, um, you know, uh, you know, ways to be able to protect this um but i think like it really depends on what you're wanting to do and how you want to scale and what your budget is at the time um i think you can make um tremendous websites um that are that can be all the way up to enterprise and wordpress i've seen it i've worked on it um it works it really depends on how the developer has thought about structuring the the information architecture um, and about the hosting that is there to to really start to to make sure that it can scale. Um, so I feel like for in that kind of way, it can be a little bit agnostic. That being said, um, not all CMSs are built equal. There are some CMSs that um, will always have ceilings, um, and that's you know for a range of things. Like maybe you're a marketplace that wants to you know build out things pretty quickly. Um, but you don't have the kind of budget to go, you know, fully headless, um, you know, fully customize, um, you know, maybe with like, <laughs> a, um, mm -hmm. you know, Magento um, and, you know, or with a Shopify plus or, or something like that. Maybe you might not have, you know, that kind of budget. So you'll make um, concessions and you'll be, you know, on maybe like one of those out of the box tools um, that have limitations, what you can do from a technical perspective. Um, like I never think that those are incorrect because they might be they might be valid for the time that um, that they just need to be able to you know create something and and start to scale it. Um, but I always want as as a technical SEO in this conversation, we'll always let the client know where that ceiling is um, and how far away we are from doing it. Um, I've also seen that that there are you know, <laughs> developers can build mm -hmm. out um, the most fantastic things, um, fully headless on Shopify Plus. Um, and the the actual code that they built it out on is um, basically, a, you know, a Jackson Pollock of, of absolute garbage and nonsense. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, they spent, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on this new platform. Um, mm -hmm. And, Maybe it's completely client sides, um, you know, which, you know, for anyone listening is, you know, JavaScript is by default client side. Um, and client side means that it has to go through and interact with, um, you know, it has to go through those iterations and it might not fully render. So maybe not all of your content will be crawled. Not all the page elements that you want to be considered will be crawled. Um, and this, this can create all kinds of, of issues at scale. <laughs> um, so, you know, the it, you know that has a real major downside. It's got a really poor user experience. Um, 
And, you know, like Googlebot might not be able to go through with its multiple waves of indexing to actually be able to render everything. Um, and then you have to go through and server side render it, um, which is, you know, going through and actually, um, you know, making sure that all, all this is like rewritten the HTML um, and you have to kind of go through that big process. I'm using this as an example because I've got a client that, um, again, from another migration <laughs> has done this um, and they built it out. Um, so that's my my alarm. This mm -hmm. is usually when I actually wake up. <laughs> well, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really clutching this coffee. Um, yeah. You know, um, you know, this is this is the way that they they would need to um, you know go through and actually fix this now. Um, and it doesn't have enough in the code to be able to pull it out for the HTML and the CSS um, in its pre-render, and they have to basically rewrite the, the entire site. So again, um, I think the core message here is that there are a lot of CMSs out there. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that either one is good or bad. Uh, they're just um, they might be right or they might be incorrect for you at the time. Um, but everything has its limitations. Everything has its ceilings. Um, but really, really make sure that you're paired with a good technical SEO that can really help guide th these kinds of decisions. Um, and if it comes to it, you might need to start making business cases uh, to either, you know, rewrite or fix a lot of the legacy issues um, mm -hmm. or do a migration. Well explained. Love it. Thanks a lot, Nick. You know, it's a big pleasure to get you on my show, to learn from you, to get all these insights. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, this is my Twitter uh, handle. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, um, okay. It just, just disappeared. Oh, no, that's only because the comment came up. Um, yeah. But yeah, follow me on Twitter. Um, I love to chat there. Um, if you want to join um, the SU Collective Slack channel, um, like I can live tweet uh, an invite, um, you know, after this. Um, it will only be live for 14 days. So, you know, <laughs> come join come join the fun there. Um, but otherwise, yeah, um, I, you know, you can reach out to me, Twitter or on LinkedIn. And it's just my, my name on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So connect, say hi. If you've got some specific, um, you know, questions or anything like that, you can always just slide into the DMs and ask. Okay, guys, you need to do it. Follow Nick on social media, on Twitter, LinkedIn, learn more about uh, your valuable insights. Love it, you know. Uh, thanks again, Nick, for all this uh, information that you share with us today. And uh, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and see you next time. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.